All right, what's going on, guys? Back with the Bonafide Basketball Podcast here with Jay Sauce and Hot Rod. What's going on, Rod? What's going? So we have a good podcast for you guys today. I know it's been a while. Um, we've been busy and we're trying to get back into it, get this thing going, hopefully two times a week. Um, today, Rod, I know we missed our last week. We were trying to get one done with our playoff predictions, but we can go through those today and talk about kind of what's been going on in the playoffs so far this year and getting started. What team, what matchup do you want to start with? What's on your mind? Uh, let's go with the one eight. Let's, let's start from the top. We'll jump from conference to conference. Let's go West. What do you think about them Rockets and them Timberwolves? Uh, the Rockets, I really like game one. Um, they're going through game two right now. Um, I don't have an updated score, but uh, game one was really entertaining. And one thing that I liked about it was, you know, Harden putting up 40-plus points on Jimmy Butler. I thought that was a really yeah. interesting matchup coming into the series. And one thing I disliked about the first game was Carl Anthony Towns only having nine points. He needs to be a lot more assertive, especially if he wants to, you know, assert his name into one of the top centers in the league. Um, he needs yeah. to be better, especially in that stage. Yeah, I, too, yeah, most of my points, I mean, we kind of expected this from the Rockets. I mean, we knew they were going to come out, and they were going to ride James Harden. They were going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, but I'm just disappointed with this uh, Timberwolves team. I mean, looking at it roster-wise, they – it reminds me, and I'm sure it reminds you a lot of like the 2010, 2011 Bulls. You got Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, Thibodeau, you know, his guys, D. Rose is on there. And it's like the same problem that they always had was when it comes down to it offensively, they're just not that good. I mean, Jimmy Butler, he can get you so much, but like Carl Towns, like throw the man the ball and let him. He needs to be more assertive. Like, what happened to the days when a center would just back somebody down and dunk on him, and then if he's guarded, throw it out? Like, and, you know, Wiggins, too. He's somebody who, for for a long time now, I feel like he's kind of plateaued a little bit, and this could have been a, a chance for him to really step up. But, I mean, maybe it's because he's playing behind Jimmy Butler a little bit. He feels like Jimmy Butler's kind of the alpha, so he's deferring. But I don't know. What do you think about that? I think Andrew Wiggins might be one of the bigger candidates for a trade this offseason if someone gets traded. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, there was yeah. a report that came out that, you know, he was, like, not happy being the third option, but it's like, you're not better than Towns or Butler, so what are you really mad about? Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I mean, the, he got paid. He definitely got paid, but... As far as his game goes, like he still can't shoot free throws. He's his ball handling is still pretty sketchy. And it's like, you know, if he's supposed to be taking that next step and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to be the third option, you gotta give him something else to work with. Half the time he drives to the basket, he bobbles the ball. You know? So I I just I kind of expected more from them. But I mean, looking at the game right now, they're down twenty again. So looking like they're going to be down 0-2, and 
and they'd be lucky if they even get a win. Two things before we move on to the next series. First off, you did you forgot to mention what you like about the series so far. And True. Uh, what was your prediction of this series coming in? Uh, coming in, I thought the Timberwolves would actually win at least one game, but looking at the way it's playing out, I'd be I'd be surprised if they get one game. I think they're probably going to get swept. Um, but you know what I like about this series? I like the fact that James Harden can get away with so much stuff. <laughs> like when I watch him play, everything he does, he's like borderline on the edge of is this a travel or an offensive foul? Is that like a legal move? Or like, is he just utilizing, exploiting the system to the best of his abilities? Because I've never seen somebody like this. I mean, when he is like, he is doing legal moves, but he's like almost exploiting the system to where he's making it seem like there's a foul on every play and he's getting hit, but he's the one initiating the contact. And on his step backs, you know, if you look closely, to Don't me, it looks like he that. travels. To yeah, exactly. I mean, you think he travels on some of his step backs or what? I think it's blade. Like he takes a full step forward and then takes two more steps back. I, in my opinion, it's definitely a travel. But after he gathers it. too, yeah. after he gathers the ball, he takes that step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so, I argue with some of my friends all the time about it, and they'll like say that, <laughs> "Oh, it's not a travel." I'm like, dude. Can you not count? Like, it's three steps. Oh, yeah. And it's at least it's not as bad as uh, Covington's travel the other night. Oh, dude, that definitely might be the worst travel I've ever seen. He literally (laughs) took one step and then took another side two steps. Like, right in front of the official and didn't see it. Right in front of the official, shot fake, no dribble, step to the side, pull up. Like, what? Um... But I guess moving to the East, what's the 1-8 matchup over there? Toronto Wizards, who I guess I'll take this one first. Um, before the series, honestly, inside, I thought the Wizards have a decent chance of upsetting this series. And, I mean, I know, I guess Toronto took care of home court like they should have. But um, I thought the Wizards were going to steal one and win this series in six, actually. Um, but it looks like Toronto might be real this year. You know, in the past, they've kind of been kind of been a little um, underperforming and, like, disappointing, I'd say. But they seem like they're real, and, I, I mean, I don't know how far they can go, but it seems good. Um, and then I guess some night dislike about this series is well okay here's something weird you notice the the Wizards signed Ty Lawson yeah they did like the day before the playoffs started he if I recall he was completely out of the league and he had gotten in trouble with like DUIs and he was kind of an alcoholic and things like that and that's kind of nice to see him back but it's just kind of random you know right before the end of the season they signed Ty Lawson yeah that that was really random too like they and he played 30 signed. minutes last night. Really? I didn't even catch that. Um, yeah, he, but the he, Wizards, he played good. <laughs> yeah, the Wizards bench is just so depleted. And, like, Jody Meeks now has that, like, huge suspension because he, like, failed the yep. drug test. 
So, like, they kind of have to play him, and they already don't have a bench. But um, yeah. one thing I forgot to mention is my prediction coming into the Rockets series. Um, mm-hmm. I had the Rockets winning in five. So, um, okay. if they, that's what I had coming in. And one thing I like about this Toronto series is they're sort of changing that narrative of how, you know, they choke in the playoffs. But in reality, they're probably going to play the Cavs next round, and they're going to meet Daddy LeBron, and he's going to yeah. beat them down. So it's like, are they really that much different than, you know, Toronto teams in the past yeah. when they lose to the Cavs next round? So right now they're looking really good, and their bench looks really good. And um, the, the Wizards, they're one of the teams that, and that's my disappointment. Um, they should be better than what they are. Don't mm-hmm. you agree? Like, they should not 100%. be the eighth seed in the East. And we're going to get to another team later that I don't think they should be where they are either. And honestly, mm-hmm. like, if you're the Wizards, like, how do you get better as a roster? Like, who do you – what do you do with that team? Because they, it kind of seems like they've peaked. Like, they're not – they try to play, like, that tough guy team every year. But they're, mm-hmm. like, not good. Like, they're good to make the playoffs, but they're not – they don't scare anyone. What do you think? Yeah, I I think this is going back to a point you made to me earlier today, actually, before we were on the pod, about – you said the same thing about the Blazers, um, where it's like they've kind of reached, like, the peak of as good as they're going to be with this roster. And where do they go from here? Because, like, the, the only next move is – I mean, if you can attract a free agent like a Boogie Cousins or somebody, obviously that's a game changer. But some of your only movable assets that could get you back something that would make the team as good as it is is someone like Beal or Wall. You got to decide, are these the two guards that are going to lead me to the, the championship or do I need to move one of them and try to get a different piece back in return? Just like with the Blazers is Lillard and McCollum. I mean, I think overall... Lillard and McCollum are doing more with less, but, um, you know, this Wizards team, like you were saying, Otto Porter, what happened to him? I thought he was supposed to be, a, you know, a max contract type player. So they've just been kind of disappointing. Gortat's, Gortat's getting older. Their bench, like you said, is non-existent. So they got to make some big moves. Yeah, they got some big decisions coming on. And I, I had the Raptors coming into this one winning in like six but it looks mm-hmm. like they might win in five and i don't think it'll even make yeah the wizards might take one at home and they'll probably be done in five that's what it looks yeah. like so far but you know things in the playoffs change so fast yeah exactly game to game completely mm-hmm. different and so the next teams uh we'll go two eight or two seven sorry um but we'll stay in the East. Let's go Boston, Milwaukee. What do you What do you like and dislike about this series so far? What do I What I like is the competitiveness. We've seen some great games, and the toughness. I mean, even just today, the going back and forth between Rozier and Bledsoe. Um, it's It's entertaining, and I like it. Uh, I think personally, Rozier has been outplaying Bledsoe, so Bledsoe. You know, with his comments and saying that he doesn't know who Rozier is, uh, that's kind of funny to me because he's the one who's been giving him buckets the last two games. I was um, just gonna say, I was gonna save that for my dislike because, like, how does Wetzel <laughs> come out and say who the f are you when Rozier basically said that with that crossover when he got him? 
to to hit that three before yeah. Middleton hit that crazy three. Like yeah, he got you so bad. Like, what are you talking like trash for? You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I <laughs> I totally agree. Like, and my, what you know? So that's what I like. I like the competitiveness. What I dislike is that I feel like Giannis is actually doing all that he can, and it's just that's all he can do. I mean. You know, he's getting 30 points a game. He's doing the best that he can. But um, I don't think him alone is enough to lead this team past even this depleted Boston team. They're just better coached. They're a better defensive team. They got more pieces. They might not have a superstar like Giannis. But, you know, you throw in a Jalen Brown, you throw in a Rozier, and you throw in a Tatum into... Um, Brad Stevens system and it's so efficient and it's a good team so what I dislike is that Giannis is trying the best that he can and it's just not going to be enough I think okay all right so with me uh, what I like about this series so far is just you're really seeing Boston's young guys step up which is really kind of scary for the rest of the east when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward comes back and yeah. I mean, you have Philly, who's really young as well. So those look like they're gonna be the top two teams for the foreseeable future, especially with LeBron, you know, hanging in the air and can go out west. Definitely. Um, Philly and Boston, like those two teams are gonna be really scary moving forward. Um, and my dislike, I kind of have two dislikes. I actually already said one. Um, the second one is. This is the other team that I was talking about when I was talking about the Wizards. Like, the Bucks, if you looked at their roster, even without Jabari for half the year, and they just got him back, like, this team should not be the seventh seed in the East. And they shouldn't be, you know, down 0-2 to the Celtics that are missing Kyrie yeah. and Gordon Hayward. You know what I mean? Like, you have an mm-hmm, mm-hmm. arguably top five player in the league, you know, Giannis, Giannis, and you're down 0-2 to a team that's missing two all-stars like that doesn't make sense to me you know what i mean like you should they should definitely be a lot better i mean middleton's yeah. a 20 point per game scorer you got brogdon you got uh you got uh jabari you got mm-hmm. eric bledsoe you traded you know first round picks for him and you have you know this kind of high-end roster in the east and you almost didn't make the playoffs i mean the team yeah. at the bottom kind of locked in pretty early but you're the seventh seed. Like they should, they should be where Indiana is. So, here I have a couple hot questions here for you. Okay. Um, okay. Actually, I had one plan for tonight, but I kind of thought of the second one because I've heard things about this one a little bit. Okay. So, question number one. Yeah. Is Giannis overrated? Not as a player, but would you say that he's overrated? compared to Victor Oladipo because Victor Oladipo brought the Pacers to the fifth seed with less in terms of roster talent? Um, in that sense, if you're comparing them directly, yes. In general, I think Giannis has kind of always been a little overhyped because he's so long. He's like a freak athlete that people just are like in love with him um he is amazing though but i think it's there's something about a guy who can create his own shot off the dribble 
that makes you a little bit more of a of a threat. I mean, because Giannis compared to Oladipo. Oladipo, he can hit a step back three, he can hit a pull up three, he can hit a jumper, he can come off a screen, hit a jumper now, like, and he can take you to the basket. So I think Oladipo, you know, when you need a bucket, he can get that bucket. Giannis, I think in the, in the full court game, you know, is a better is a better player. I mean, he can finish over taller players. He can, you know, he's got a nasty Euro step. He might be a better person leading the break than Oladipo. You could argue he's a better passer. But when it comes down to the end of the game, the Bucks don't have that guy that can just get his own shot. I mean, a lot of times they go to Chris Middleton because he's a better shooter than Giannis. So that's where, you know, in the NBA, a lot of winning comes down to who can make the last bucket of the game. That's why some of the best players at the end of games are the Kobe Bryant's, Michael Jordan's, late LeBron, late career LeBron as he developed a jump shot. And so um, I think it's it's different. It's hard to compare them directly, but if you're going off that, yeah, I'd say Oladipo should be getting the same hype, but he's not because he's not as flashy. He's not as like looked at as a as a freak as Giannis. Okay, and here's my what second. What do you think? Uh, what I think is, I think, I mean, I already said how I think the Bucks shouldn't be where they are, and yep. Giannis. Individual talent, he's easily, you know, top 10 in the league. Arguably yep. top five. Um, But, you know, when it comes to, like, team success, like, it seems like he doesn't make players around him better. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's, like, that next step as, like, a superstar player. Like, yeah, you can be great, but do you make other people around you better? And it seems like Oladipo made two steps this year. Like, he got better as a player and... He brought a team that everyone thought was going to be in the lottery to the fifth seed in the East. And, you know, yeah. they won game one against the Cavs in, like, you know, incredible fashion. Like, they, like, punched the Cavs in the mouth. And yeah. the Cavs won tonight. You know, LeBron had his, you know, typical LeBron game. Um, and the Cavs won tonight. But he just, like, just brought this different, like, vision to the Pacers that no one mm-hmm. really saw coming. You know what I'm saying? So... Comparing the two and what they bring to their teams, I would say Giannis is overrated, but individually yeah. talented, I don't think he's overrated, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. All right, so my second hot question, this was going to be my original one. Okay. So uh, my brother and I kind of talk about this a lot, and we we'll, we argue about this a lot. Who do you think is, okay, hold on, Let me let me ask this correctly. Who do you think would make an all-star first for the Boston Celtics? Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Also, like, who is more valuable to the Celtics right now? Like, who's a better player? That's tough. Um, Okay, right now, this playoff series, like, um... The 2018 playoffs, I think Jalen Brown is just because, I mean, last game he went off for 30 points. And I don't know, though. They're both, they're similar and yet different, but they're both like, you know, you know, Max Kellerman has a good, um, 
a good analogy for how he ranks players. Like he ranks them as, you know, like superstar, possibly an all-star, um, a starter, a rotation player, and then somebody who would be lucky to have a spot on the team. So like both of these guys fall into the rotation player or starter and like have the potential to be an all-star in the future because they're both so young. So it's like, that's a difficult one. But right now I'd say Jalen Brown, but you know, (laughs) on this team, whoever's starting, I think has the potential to be an all-star first, whoever's getting more minutes, but on another team, I'd say Jalen Brown because I think he's more aggressive. I think um, Tatum's been getting starts, though, a lot, like all season, obviously, and he's been very consistent, and he's a a year younger. Jalen Brown has one more year of experience. But I think Jalen Brown is more um, aggressive, which in the NBA I think is a good thing and would lead to him being an all-star first. Well, damn, my brother would love to hear that because I'm the complete opposite. I think right now Jalen... I think Jalen. Right now, I think Jason Tatum's a better player. Really, Jalen Brown. You know, Jalen Brown has his spurts, and he's a good player too. Like they're both, you know, fantastic young players in the league. Yeah. But I yeah. think Jason Tatum just has. He's way better offensive player, and he's also really good on defense. And I think he's a more complete player than Jalen Brown is. And the only thing Jalen Brown has over him is that one year of experience, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think if mm-hmm. you compare this year, Jalen Brown, to next year's Tatum, like Tatum would be a lot better, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. I think Jason Tatum has the brighter future. I think Jason Tatum is the better player now. And Jason Tatum already has that, like, man, this guy's going to be, like, a number one option. I think he can be, like, a number one option on a team. And... My thing with the Celtics is, like, my other kind of argument to, like, my brother and, like, you know, your thing is next year the Celtics are getting two All-Stars back. And rarely do you see Mm -hmm. teams with four All-Stars. So it's, like, Mm -hmm. who's going to be that third one if they're, like, the top seed? You know what I mean? And I feel like Jason Tatum kind of has, like, the media behind him. And Jason Tatum's just a better, like, like, eye test. He's just a better offensive player, eye test-wise. And he's such a good three-point shooter. He's shot over 40% as a rookie. Like, I just think that he has such a bright future. And I think, I yeah, think we'll personally s- he'll be an all-star before Brown. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, either way, it's a tough matchup. Like, I would not be surprised either of them because, like you said, they're getting two all-stars back next year. You got to wonder, you know, Danny Ainge is always up to something if he's going to make moves because he's piled up assets for years now. So you never know who might be in a different uniform next year. Or who knows? Who knows? But you're right. That is a tough question. Yeah. Tough. All right. Um, so, like, let's move on to the next series, the 2-8 yep. over on the West. This should be pretty quick, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, We got the yeah. Spurs and the Warriors. Um. One thing you like and one thing you dislike so far. All right. So this series, I got I got a hot question for you too. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to give you my opinion on what I think's going on. But wait, 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 um, wait. Before you do that, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Before you do that, we didn't even yeah. tell, you know, our listeners our predictions from the last round, like coming into the series. So Okay, coming into Bucks boston I thought it was going to be Boston in seven. Ooh, okay. Um, I actually thought that whichever team got the Celtics first round would beat them. But seeing the Bucks lose to Philly like they did that one night when they knew they needed to win kind of mm-hmm. just, like, discouraged me. So I had I had Boston in seven as well. Oh. Yeah, I thought the Bucks. I mean, you never know because obviously it was Boston's home court and they were close games. So hopefully, you know, they can put on a good showing at home and win at least one game, I hope. But we'll see. Uh, getting okay, back yeah. to... Golden State, San Antonio. So, for me, coming in, I had the Warriors in five. Um, and so, one thing I like from the series, uh, I like, I think we're finally seeing an, engage, an engaged Warriors team. This is the first, these first two games that I've watched, and I watch a lot of Warriors games, they're my second favorite team overall um behind behind the lakers obviously so i've watched fair my fair share of games this season and he's not seeing a clay like Tom- <laughs> no no not at all um i i think throughout most of the season they were disengaged they didn't really care they were just trying to get to the playoffs and then especially when steph went out they were just like uh let's just get to the playoffs and now they're playing like the way they should because I was doubting them. I really was. Like I was worried coming in, you know, when they lost to the Jazz by 40. Um, and I was like, man, these guys, are they going to be able to flip the switch? But Igudala, I mean, I don't know how he does it every year. He just turns it on in the playoffs. And Clay Thompson has been on fire. KD, KD, it hardly looks like he's even trying out there and he ends up with 30 every night. So, um, I think that's good, and if they can, you know, remain healthy with who they've got, they look good, and it looks like they got a good chance to make it back to the finals. Um, obviously, we'll see. But one thing I dislike from this series, um, well, first thing I want to say, rest in peace. You know, our condolences to Greg Popovich for his wife passing today. I know we both just found out about that, which is it's terrible to see the fact that he's, you know, I mean. I don't think anyone would fault him if he chose to, like, you know, not even coach the next game or so, you know? Yeah, and I want to, you know, express my condolences as well because it is kind of shocking um, to hear that. And, you know, just the loss of anybody, it's just, you know, heartbreaking. And Pop is such a good guy and stuff. And yep. everyone loves listening to his interviews and stuff after games. And it's just going to be a different vibe even if he does coach and he has to do those post-game interviews. It's just going to be... You know, everyone's just going to be, like, heartfelt and stuff. So, like you said, I wouldn't blame him for, you know, not taking time off. Yeah. I mean, someone else on that team's taking a lot of time off. But I don't want to get into that. Um, oh, we're going to get into that. Don't worry. <laughs> nah, the, yeah, but, yeah, go ahead to your uh, dis, 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 uh, go ahead with your dislike. Um, I mean, what I dislike is... Just the fact that I think this Spurs team is kind of doing all that they can. Like, I dislike that it's just, 
like them doing all that they can it's still not even competitive you know patty mills had the like one of the best games he's had all season the other night danny green he just hasn't his three-point shot hasn't been there this year ginobili's been decent but it's just you know lamarcus aldridge has been great it's just not enough it's just they can't compete because lamarcus aldridge you know when he gets heavy touches it's great but it's all twos and when you're playing the warriors who when they get going on streaks they're hitting three pointers you just can't keep up in terms of numbers it's just not going to happen yeah i agree um my like my my like for this series is sorry uh that i think the the spurs like you said they're giving it all they can and i just feel like like you said they just don't have enough and it would be great to see you know Kawhi back and be able to help them but he's i think he's still hurt i don't think he's just like off the team because he's mad at anyone or anything i think he's legit just still hurt and they just can't figure out the injury and that brings me to my dislike you know the warriors right now they're so vulnerable with steph out and yeah they i mean they still have three all-stars on the team but yeah with the healthy Kawhi back on this first team do you think that the warriors would have such you know an easy way do you even think they'd still win this series without Steph uh I do I think they'd win it um I think it'd maybe go to six games maybe with the healthy <laughs> I think Kawhi they probably yeah with healthy Kawhi I think they might win you know their win margin wouldn't be like 20 or 15 but I still think Warriors would uh would beat them pretty handily just you know i I just do. I, I think this Warriors team is just good, and I think they play up or down to their competition most of the time, like mm-hmm. when they care, um, they'll play up, and when they don't care, they play down. So it's like I think if the Spurs were really coming at them, they'd step up, and we'd see. I mean, it's different, though, if the Spurs, you know, if, if Danny Green's hitting too, because that's a big thing where he has not been hitting, and – you know, if you look back at, you know, one the Spurs' most recent championship, Danny Green had a huge role in that and set some playoff and finals records with three-pointers. Like, so just to put that in perspective, missing something like that, a knockdown shooter who's just not knocked down right now, um, I think could be a big factor. But with everything else, I think with a healthy Kawhi, I still don't think they're – they're over the hump. I don't know. Yeah, coming into the series, I had the Warriors in six without Steph. Okay. Um, I thought, you know, you know, the Spurs and Pop, uh, you know, I felt like they'd be able to at least take two away from Golden State. Um, But, you know, with this situation with Pop now and, you know, his head might not be right and... I mean, he's a professional. Don't get me wrong, but it's just that's just such a tough loss. And yeah, if he takes time out, this will be you know a sweep. I think now, um, but coming in, I I had the Warriors in six because I thought they would give him a little trouble. And you know, the Spurs like to play big, and that's kind of the way you have to kind of beat the Spurs if you can't, or that's the way you got to beat the Warriors if you can't you know outscore them. By like shooting yeah. and playing small, you got to go big and beat them up inside. And I thought the Spurs would maybe take a couple games that way, but mm-hmm. it doesn't look that way. 
So moving yeah. on to the next yeah. series. Well, hold on, hold on. I got a question here. This is my hot okay. take. Um, All right, go ahead. So I want to hear your opinion, and then I'm gonna give you my opinion. But why is Kawhi sitting out? You think he's really hurt? You think, or do you think um, it's a mental thing, or what do you think's going on? I like I said earlier, I think he's legit hurt. Um, but he does, you know, have like a lot of trust issues and he just doesn't trust the Spurs doctors and they cleared him and he's like, no, I'm still hurt. So I think that he just doesn't trust the Spurs doctors. And I mean, he's came out and said he wants to be a Spur for life and stuff, but I don't know with this, you know, summer coming up and the Spurs have the option to give him max. If they don't give him the max, like what, what does he do? You know, do they trade him? You know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah. see, this is the thing. The way I look at this, though, the reason why I think he's legit hurt is I think he's doing now what Isaiah Thomas should have did last year. Because uh-huh. Isaiah Thomas chose to play through the injury, and it basically cost him a max contract, and it got him traded. Like, if he would have sat out and just stayed healthy, I don't think Danny H would make that trade. Because really, yeah, part of part of the injury or part of the trade was because of his injury. He wanted to get Isaiah Thomas out of there. He knew it wasn't going to pay mm-hmm. the max, and I think honestly that injury was part of the reason why Ainge ended up trading Isaiah Thomas. Um, and the Cavs, did, I mean, LeBron was really upset. He didn't want them to get him because he knew Isaiah Thomas wasn't healthy. And I think that's kind of the approach Kawhi's looking at. He's like, all right, do I force myself to play and? risk the max or not play and still get the max whether it's from the Spurs or someone else you know what I mean what do you think yeah yeah I mean kind of going on along with your last point that's kind of relates to my idea but my point my reasoning for why sitting out I really think it's a money thing I think he's making the smart business decision by not playing and I think that's what his team as an agent and whoever's on his side has been telling him it's that and I you know when he says he wants to be a Spurs for life I think behind closed doors he's trying to negotiate for an extension now because the Spurs have the ability to do that but they haven't done it and if you're Kawhi you know coming off an injury like this which as you can see can really um, dehabilitate somebody as Tony Parker's never been the same since his exact same injury happened to him like a year ago never been the same since um so I think Kawhi's trying to secure his money and he's been you know trying his agent's probably been trying to negotiate an extension and the Spurs aren't going to do it right now because they're probably in the oh let's wait and see we want to save the money for a free agent so we can sign Kawhi to the max and go over the salary cap whatever which makes sense for the Spurs but for Kawhi you know if he's risking an injury like this and they want him to come play through it because my theory is is he still injured a little yes can he play yes but does he want to risk it does his agent want him to risk it no because all he's going to do is lower his value like what happened to Isaiah Thomas like you just mentioned he's going to come out he's he's going to be hobbled he's not going to play as well somebody's gonna you know in free agency if the Spurs aren't willing to sign him to the max, um, then who's going to do it? And after all Miami, this has already happened, do. 
Well, see, yeah, he's going to get it either way, um, I think. But I think that his team, his team as in, you know, his agent, his people around him are just trying to negotiate and get him his money because you can't. That we're talking millions of dollars here, hundreds of millions of dollars with the NBA today. Kawhi could have himself a $200 million plus contract on the line here. And I think it's the type of thing where, oh, you want me to come play injured? Okay, give me my extension. Oh, you're not going to give me my extension, so I'm not going to play injured. I think that's yeah. what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah, I And I think it's a smart move. I think it's a smart yeah. move for him. And I don't blame him at all for sitting out. And I don't think his team should either. Because when you got $200 million on the line, like, who cares? You guys are going to lose the first or second round anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree I with know. you. And it's like, you know, with Kawhi and, like, other situations in the past, it's like the teams, they know you're injured. But when it comes yeah. to contract time, it's like they forgot that you were injured, that you tried to play through your injury like they look at the numbers. Yeah. Like, well, your numbers exactly. went down this year, so we're gonna pay you to your numbers. You know what I mean? So, like you said, yeah. it's smart on his part. I don't blame him for it, and I still legit think he's hurt. And like you said, is he hurt enough to where he can't play? Maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. if you know this was the finals and he was already playing and he got hurt, could he play? Yeah, but yeah, just take it off and and you know made- pop too. Like, yeah. Pop, he doesn't play injured guys who just came back. Like, he's not just going to insert Kawhi into the starting lineup right now. Like, I don't think... If Kawhi said he could play tomorrow, I don't think he would start. I just don't. Like, you know what I mean? Pop is that... Like, he sent Tony Parker down to the D-League when he come in off injuries, like, back in the day. So, yeah. That's my take. I agree. All right, so moving on to the next 3-6 series, um, the Heat versus the Sixers. Right now it's tight 1-1. What do you like mm-hmm. so far and what do you dislike so far about this series? Oh, what I like, D-Wade. Vintage Wade. I love it. I love to see. I'm so happy he's back in Miami. It's where he's meant to be. Should have never left, uh, but I don't blame him for leaving. You got to go get that money. Um but it's good to see D-Wade back, see him playing well. Regardless of if they win the series or not, it's a good story. Um, what do I dislike? You know what I dislike? I was talking to you about this earlier. <laughs> I dislike the cockiness of Ben Simmons with his rookie of the year thing. Because should he win it? Yeah. He, he's going to win it regardless. But talking about that's not even a conversation. Like, hold on. Did you see what, you know, Donovan Mitchell did tonight? Like, he's been the leading scorer on a top, what is it, top three or four team in the West? Like, and he's their number one playmaker, and he's taken them to the playoffs. Yeah, his his individual numbers aren't there, but team success, you know, obviously, Sixers are up there too. So, it's, it's a difficult argument. But regardless, what I dislike is Ben Simmons' cockiness and just acting like it's not even a conversation. And come on, it is a conversation. I'm like the opposite. I love his FU attitude. Really? His (laughs) attitude. And it's funny coming from you, a Kobe fan, like a Kobe-obsessed fan, that you don't like that. (laughs) 
I think that's so funny. I thought you would, it'd be the opposite for you, cause his, I mean, he yeah he's not technically a rookie, because he had an extra year than Donovan, but like, you st- he still never played, and for him to come out and dominate like the way he does, like, it's incredible, it's it's crazy. Like, I actually watched him in high school, and I was yeah. telling people when he was in high school, like this guy's gonna be a Hall of Famer in the NBA. Remember I said that. You know, and because yep. he he was literally doing all of this in high school, you know, and couldn't shoot, still couldn't stop him. And he's in the NBA playoffs, still can't shoot, still can't stop him. And it's crazy. Um, but what was your prediction coming into the series? Like, who do you think was going to coming take it in? Out I thought, yeah, I thought Philly was going to win in six, but um, like personally, I wanted Miami to win because I'm not a big Philly fan, dude. I'm just not I'm not into the whole Ben Simmons thing. I mean, do I think they're good? Yes, but my personal bias is just making me dislike them right now. Um, but here's my thing. I think I think I'm biased because the man can't shoot. I don't like players that can't like or won't do any part of the game. Like they leave him so open at the three-point line. They're guarding him like Rajon Rondo in 2009 where they're like standing at the free throw line like daring him to shoot and I know it's good it's good from one standpoint like you know he's he's smart and he's not taking shots that he thinks he can't make but you got you're an NBA dude make a jumper I'm sorry make a jump shot <laughs> I agree um what I had coming into this series um I mean I'm biased but this wasn't a biased take um I had definitely I had the heat winning in seven because of what we saw the other night d wade i kind of expected that performance in game seven jeez Um, but i had the heat winning in seven what i like so far you kind of took what i was gonna say d wade you know being back in miami you know wade county love it missed it should have never left but it's kind of good that he did left because now he appreciates miami a lot more um oh yeah but what I'm gonna change is, I like Eric Spoelstra. Like, I think he's easily the better of the two coaches in this series, and I like the adjustments that he made from game two, from game one to game two, and the way they guarded Ben Simmons and kind of just disrupted what Philly was doing. And that's the thing with these playoffs, and that's the difference mm-hmm. between you know the different games is the coaching and the adjustments. And I think that he's yeah. the better of the coach better end of the coach and his adjustments I mean he's battle tested coach he's won two championships three I mean he's an assistant when they won the first one with D-Wade but he's battle tested and he knows how to make those adjustments I mean he even out coached Greg Popovich in one of the finals the finals that Ray Allen hit the shot he out coached Greg Mm -hmm. Popovich Um, and so he has that ability that's what I like what I dislike is Hassan Whiteside and Embiid I mean, that was kind of the headliner coming into this series. Hassan hasn't played himself, hasn't been himself, and I think that's because Embiid has been out and the Sixers play small and fast, and that's kind of the opposite of how, you know, they want to use the uh, white side, and it's kind of made him ineffective. But I honestly think bringing Embiid back into the series is going to help the Heat out a little bit because white side's going to be a lot more engaged. Like, he lives for playing against Embiid. And the game's going to slow down. 
and that's mm-hmm. gonna be towards the Heat favor because they like to play a little slow down, run the clock, you know, take good shots rather than just playing up and down with the Sixers. So, Embiid, yeah, he's probably the best center in the league if you don't count Anthony Davis as a center. But yeah. at the same time, he's going to slow down the heat to the pace that they want to. So that's what I have for them. So moving okay. on to the next series, um, we have let's let's stay in the East. We got the four five Cavs, Pacers. Uh, what do you dislike and what do you like so far about this series? It's tied. Yeah, what, what I dislike is I don't know. This is a tough one. Because I kind of like, uh, I just love the competitiveness. But um, what I dislike is so far, I guess the Cavs' unwillingness to stick with something. Like after game one, so throughout the season, their their starting lineup has to have changed. I don't even know how many times, regardless of the fact that they switched out half the team at the deadline. So. Before and after that, they were, is J.R. Smith starting? Is J.R. Smith off the bench? Is Kyle Korver starting? Is Kyle Korver off the bench? Is Kyle Korver going to play? Um, is Rodney Hood going to start? Is J.R. Smith going to start? Is D. Wade going to start back like back then? like I mean, it's just been Jeff Green. Is Jeff Green going to start or come off the bench? So I don't even know anymore with, with there's so many lineup changes. Like you got to pick one. And you got to roll with it and you got to make it work. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. Obviously, they have a lot of players, I think, that are kind of underperformers. Where, like, you want to think, Jeff Green, yeah, he's going to, he's a great three. He's versatile. He can guard a four if he has to. He can hit a jump shot and he can drive. And then he plays and he ends up playing 20 minutes with, like, two points and a rebound. And you're like, what? Where you been? So, I... (laughs) I think they just need to figure out what lineup they're going to run with, get out the way, let LeBron run with that lineup, and make it work. LeBron will make it work. Just find something, stick with it, so everyone can expect, you know, on a nightly basis, okay, how many minutes am I going to play? When do I come in? When do I got to be ready? Because you played basketball. We both played. We both played in college. We understand that there's nothing worse than sitting on the bench not knowing, hey, am I going to play tonight? When am I going to go in? If I go in, am I going to be taken out like within a minute or am I going to get to a stretch to actually play my game? Like, And so I think half that Cavs lineup is thinking, am I going to get in? When am I going to get in? How much am I going to play? If you're Tristan Thompson, regardless of all the stuff he's got going on, uh, I mean, I think he should be playing at least a little bit. So that's why yeah, I, I guess that turned into that. a lot. <laughs> let's not get into all that let's not TT, even go man. there we're not we're yeah, not TMZ TT, get your head right get your head right man. come on uh, like you're dating one of the most famous chicks in the entire world and you come on come yeah on, like you didn't man. think this was gonna yeah, get out on, like man. let's be real maybe That's you wanted right. to get out I mean we don't know his motive here man come on Tristan you can do better than that <laughs> but <laughs> So what did you have coming into the series? What you, what was your prediction? Uh, I had Cavs in six. I think it was six. Cavs in six. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was very surprised when the Pacers won Game One. Very surprised. But then again, when I thought about it more, I'm like, 
I shouldn't be surprised because they got the better of the Cavs all in the regular season. Um, they, you know, they they should have won, I guess. I mean, you could argue that they should have won. But it's still surprising anytime LeBron loses. So. Yeah. I, I Coming into the series, I had the Cavs in five. And okay. I still believe that it could be in five. I feel like they kind of figured a little things out tonight. Yeah. Well, they figured out what they needed. Aggressive LeBron. No one on that Pacers yeah. team can stop an aggressive LeBron. And if he st- plays like that for three more games, they'll win three straight more games. Um, but I think it'll, it'll probably go to six. I doubt it'll go to seven because I feel like uh, LeBron and the Cavs, they definitely don't want to leave it up to like a chance game seven yeah. and losing that. So I don't think he'll get to that. Um but what I like about this series is Victor Oladipo is validating what he did all year. I like yes. that. Um, he's a guy that came out of nowhere. And we were kind of talking about it earlier. Like, it has to hurt Orlando Magic fans to see how good Victor Oladipo is now. Like, it has to hurt them. And, you know me, I'm from Florida. I'm a Heat fan. So, I mean, I could care less how Magic fans feel. <laughs> state rivalry but I'm, that hurts because they drafted him second and he washed out with them he washed out with the Thunder a little bit I mean they only had him for a year and then he co- turns into this like he might arguably be the best two way player in the league right now or not in the league whoa, in, the, in, the whoa, playoffs, whoa. Right in the playoffs in the playoffs right now whoa, he might arguably whoa, whoa. be who would be better two way like guard Clay Thompson. Clay. And well, okay. Aladipo's doing more with less, obviously. Like it, it's hard yeah. to compare because Clay Thompson's not leading a team with no other stars to the playoffs. Yeah. So it's different. I no, mean, but I'm saying Clay arguably. Thompson. So yeah, Clay Thompson's arguably. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's definitely in the conversation. You're right, you're right, you're right. Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Oladipo. Uh, who else? I mean Kawhi would obviously be in there, but Kawhi's not there. I'm talking about like wings and guards. Big men don't yeah. really count. No, I mean, Anthony no, Davis yeah, is probably number point. one, two way. And um, what I dislike is sort of what you mentioned. Just like the Cavs can't figure out their crap, and it's like yeah. But then again, the more crap they have, I feel like they feed off of that. Like they don't lose game one, they don't play like this tonight, game two. So it's like True. they need that drama to play well, and it's kind of like frightening because. You can do that against Indiana, but when you get later and later on, like when you're playing either the Warriors or the Rockets in the finals, like you mm-hmm. you could get what happened last season could ha- or last finals could happen again, where it's like, crap, we're down 0-3, let's play the best games of our lives and then go lose game five, like you know what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They need to you know figure that out, and this might be. LeBron's worst roster. I like this is definitely LeBron's worst roster since that 07 finals. But could you mm-hmm. argue that this team is worse than that team? Or is it like not an argument? I don't think you could argue it. But. Because K Love I... is the difference. K Love is definitely the difference. But he gets hurt every game. So does he really count? <laughs> no, no, you seriously. got a good point. No, no, no. You know, that that brings up another topic I have to bring up. Um, 
something my dad always talks about, which is like one of the smartest things I've ever heard, but um, no one ever talks about it. He talks about, you know, you got all these abilities by basketball players, you know, their ability to jump, the ability to shoot. What about the most key ability that exists? Availability. Are you injured or can you play tonight? Like, K-Love, he lacks availability. A lot of times he's not available to play. Anthony Davis is another one who, he has all the other skills, but availability? Uh, half the season he's injured. I mean, he, not half the season, obviously. But you get what I'm saying. So, yeah, like you yeah. said, yeah, in that the past, factors in, in the a past. lot. Yeah, that factors in a lot of, you might be really good, but if you can never play... How good are you really, Joel Embiid? How good are you? I don't know. I mean, ask the Spurs about Kawhi right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How good is he really for the Spurs yeah. right now? He's not available. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I totally agree with that. And it's like, I mean, they already lost K-Love that first finals when LeBron came back. And that, I mean, that whole playoffs, actually. Um, You know, the famous Kelly Olenek, you know, shoulder pull. I still think though that other that his his old Cavs team the first team he took to the finals was trash. Come on now, yeah, that, team was that that's definitely the worst <laughs> finals team of all time. Name me five players. <laughs> I could do it because I'm I know you like, could because you're a basketball guy, but not <laughs> like there's yeah. no reason you should know Sasha Pavlovich. Like there's no reason you should remember Jamario Moon or like. Oh my gosh, Booby Gibson. Like, <laughs> hey, I liked him though. He was wet for a couple seasons. Yeah, he was. He was, and then he just fell off the face of the earth. He disappeared. He is what? he with Keisha? Cole? Is he with Keisha Cole? Is that who he's with? Or he's with some like female know. artist, and he just That's fell insane. off the face of the earth with it. Um. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Moving on. So this right. series, I think, was, you know, coming in was probably the most exciting, to me. Um. Wait, did we skip the Blazers? Yeah, we skipped that Pel- one. So we got two West, two West. Okay, ones, okay, right? wow. Yeah. Solely sorry to Pelicans and you know, um, Blazers fans. So we'll do that one three six. Um, okay. so the Blazers and the Pelicans. Pelicans actually went to, on the road and stole the first two games. What do you like so far about this season? What do you dislike? And what was your prediction coming in? Okay, coming in, I thought Blazers were gonna win in six. Um, that'd be pretty hard to do now. But okay, what do I like? I like the fact that Drew Holiday is playing well because I'm always rooting for Drew Holiday for a couple reasons. One, um, off the court, he's a great guy. Like, I don't know if you've heard the story about him and his wife. Like, his wife got really sick, and that's why he. I think he took some time off from the team a year a year ago or two years ago where he just spent time with her, rehabilitating her. They have a child now. So it's like he's a really nice guy, and I think he deserves success. But on, on the other side of that, um, one of our colleagues, Joel Cosberg, wrote a great article about him a couple of years ago as soon as uh, Boogie was traded to that team talking about how Drew Holiday is the X Factor, and it's finally coming into fruition. It's finally proving itself that if Drew Holiday I mean with the help of Rajon Rondo, Rondo's playing great too. So playoff Rondo. Like. Playoff um, Rondo. Playoff Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> when Rondo cares. Um so that's great to see. What I dislike I dislike that the Blazers are just kind of falling down so easily. Like I know like the first game Lillard didn't have the best shooting game, neither did McCollum, which is like kind of rare, but 
you know, I want to see the Dame that that beat the Rockets with that game winner a few years ago. I want to, you know, if they're going to win, they're only going to go as far as Damian Lillard will take them. C.J. McCollum, yeah, he's great. But Damian Lillard needs to be the one who's going to lead this team. And I think he can do it because he's done it in the past. Um, Then again, I mean, what are they going to do if they win this series? Are they going to go to the finals? No. Are they going to go to the Western Conference finals? Probably not. So it's tough. They're in kind of a limbo stage of they're just good enough to be like a top a top team in this league, but no one's really thinking of them as a championship contender. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, what I had come in series, um, I told you this before, you know, we started the pod. I didn't buy the Blazer hype when they, you know, went on their win streak and they got really high really? and got up to the three seed. I thought whoever played them in the first round was going to beat them. And, you know, I, me, I, I like being right. Or, or looking right at least <laughs> um, The Pelicans being up 2-0 Is just you know Music to my ears and the eyes But also at the same time What I like about this is Anthony Davis is finally getting that exposure Like he's finally has that stage To really make his name I mean everyone knows who he is kind of already But he yeah. has that stage now And honestly if they continue to play like this I'm not saying they'll beat the Warriors But they have that guy That no one in the league really can guard. And the Warriors, they'll be able to give the Warriors a little trouble next round if they advance. I mean, they probably will. They're up 2-0 on the road going home. But mm-hmm. um, they have Anthony Davis and, you know, playoff Rondo. And Steph will just be getting back, so they kind of have to re-input, uh, re-put him in, you know, um, into the lineup and, you know, get him going. You know, he has to get his condition going. And... I mean, the Warriors probably still win in five or six, but still give it'll probably be like close games until um, the end. Um, what I dislike okay. about this series uh, so far is basically, you know, what we talked about earlier. It's just like the Blazers kind of just like plateau. Like this kind of seems like that this is it for them. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded CJ McCollum after this year if they get swept by the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. not be surprised if they like tried to pull off a big move or Nurkic is supposed to be a lot better than what he is. I mean Aminu's yep. playing fine. Evan Turner was, you know, a bust of a contract just because of his contract, but he's an okay player. Um but they yeah, they kinda just have like the bunch of these guys with those two guys and it's just like they're kinda where the Wizards are, but they're better than the Wizards. So, mm-hmm. especially being in the West, you know, they have to do something because everyone else in the West is going to get better. So it's like they're kind of where Memphis is because if one of those guys gets hurt, they're going to be where Memphis is next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, that is true. They're, they're, it's a fine line they're crossing between top top three, four team in the West to bottom yeah, four. Tanking. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, coming into the year, you know, on our LaFleur podcast, uh, me and DeGreatis, you know, kind of talked about, you know, we had our teams for the season that, you know, our predictions coming into the playoffs or going into the playoffs, going into the season for the playoffs. Um, I said, you know, we I had the Blazers out of the playoffs because it was like, if one of those guys get hurt, and I had the Grizzlies out as well, if one of those guys gets hurt, then, you know, the team's basically useless, basically a D-League team. And, you know, the Grizzlies, Conley got hurt for the whole year. And 
now they're about to have like the third or fourth pick in the draft and so yeah with them i i just don't know what to do what they do um but yeah that gm has a lot of tough decisions to make this this summer add the wizards and um the bucks to that list i think the problem with the bucks is just coaching i think uh-huh. if they get the right guy and maybe a couple moves here and there they don't have to make anything drastic couple moves here and there and they'll be back up where they're supposed to be with a top five player arguably top five player true Giannis. well um, uh, go- going off that i think you know you put a coach like brad stevens in on like five or six of these teams around the league and they're as good or better than the celtics that he's coaching you oh, know what i mean yeah. if you switch oh, out yeah. that coach like if you have a coach like he's like a once in a you know, decade type, or even you know, even maybe even longer type coach who comes in, and no matter what team he's on, if you give him some decent players or not even decent players, like the team's gonna be good no matter what, and they're gonna overachieve to the level of, you know, to to meet his level that he can coach mm-hmm. at, and that's what may separate you know the Celtics and the Sixers moving forward, because the fix mm-hmm. the Sixers have the ammo. To, you know, keep Simmons and Embiid and get someone else, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Kawhi, whether it's Paul George, you know, they have the ammo. They have the yeah to get that. And so, you know, you have, you know, big three like that, and then the Celtics kind of big four moving forward. Like, that's going to be a crazy, you know, um, future for the East. Um, so moving on to the last series that we haven't talked about, um, this is what I was kind of getting to earlier. Um, this is probably the most exciting playoff series to me in the West. Um, and in the East, my I'm not biased. I'm biased, but I felt like everyone else felt this way too. The Sixers and the Heat was also like going to be the most exciting series. Um, but I feel like the Thunder Utah series, you know, definitely got exciting tonight. I mean, the Jazz went into OKC and won, so it's one one going back to Utah. Um, yeah. Coming into the series, I had. OKC in six. Okay. But I also had in the back of my mind if they don't play well, Utah can easily beat them. Okay. So, okay. What do you what do you like and dislike about this series so far and what was your prediction coming in? Okay, coming in, I thought OKC was gonna win in five. Um just because I think they're more experienced. Um, they got more like go-to guys, which I think is huge in basketball, especially in the playoffs. Guys who can just go get a bucket when you need it. Um, but so what do I like? I like Donovan Mitchell. I love everything about his game, everything about uh, the way that he's performed this season. I mean, you know, you talk about people hitting the rookie wall. He did not hit a rookie wall. You talk about, you know, leadership being one of the, you know, he's a rookie. Granted, he's kind of, I don't want to say an older rookie because he's not old by any means, but, you know, he's not 18. So, you know, he's kind of got a couple more years in him to be, to develop his leadership. But, you know, he's out there playing with guys like Rubio, who's, you know, been in the league, what, close to 10, close to 10 years now. Um, Yeah, he came in the Curry draft. It's like, 
that's a lot for rookie to come in be the team's leading scorer um probably their go-to playmaker rubio makes some good plays but i mean donovan mitchell is the one finishing a lot of these plays scoring buckets the one they go to down the stretch that's insane to me so i love that about him um what do i dislike i'm biased here but i just dislike the fact that the thunder just i just feel like they should be better I feel like they haven't really incorporated Melo very well. Maybe Melo's just not good anymore. I I don't know how to how to say it. I mean, Russ got his numbers again this year. You know, he averaged a triple-double. Paul George had an okay year. I think he should have had a better year. But with Russ, he had about as good a year as you can have. He kind of turned into more of a spot-up shooter. He didn't have the ball in his hands as much. Um but he had the best three-point percentage of his career. So, I mean, on that sense, he did pretty well. But what I just dislike, I just dislike the Thunder in general. I just think their team, they got, you know, they, they got some fire under them, but almost too much to where I don't think they're going to put it together and turn it into wins. It's just going to result in a bunch of angry guys kind of going one-on-one. But we'll see. How about you? Yeah. What do you think? Um, what I like about this is I mean you hit it right on the head like Donovan Mitchell like it's hard to not like him like as a person you know you see his interviews and stuff and he's literally the opposite of Ben Simmons like he's more humble he has you know I mean he took a couple shots at Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons started it but he's not that by nature rookies yeah yeah and he he honestly, like, I heard this, you know, listening to another podcast or an interview. I'm not sure exactly where. But he's honestly, like, a young D-Wade, but with a jump shot. So, like, uh-huh. his his potential is, like, out of this world. I think he's going to be, you know, if he keeps this up, he can be, you know, one of those guys that, you know, can be the face of the league and probably yeah. leave Utah in about eight years to go to a bigger market. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It's hard not to love Donovan Mitchell. And what I dislike, I'm not sure what I dislike so far. I mean, it's a good series. I expected it to be, you know, a dogfight. Um, what I dislike, I would say, is just like the roster makeup of the Thunder. Um, they're pretty top-heavy. They're like the Wizards, mm-hmm. but with more talent. Mm-hmm. I mean... Russ is better than John Wall. Paul George, you could arguably say he's better than Bradley Beal. And then Melo's better than Otto Porter. And Steven Adams is better than Gortat. But, like, they all kind of do the same similar things. You know what I mean? And they have, like, basically no bench. Oubre and Jeremy Grant are, like, the same. Jeremy Grant brings a different type of game, but... You have that one yeah. guy, and it's pretty much just like everyone else. It's just like, why are you playing? Um, I mean, I like Redmond filling a little bit as a backup guy. And then, I mean, Terrence Ferguson, I think, could be really good. He's really athletic and can shoot, but he's not ready now. Corey Brewer is, they're desperate because they didn't have Roberson. Um, yeah, they're literally the Wizards of the West, but just with more talent. Like, they're just the better version of the Wizards. Do you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think they're 
they're they're better, but just like the Wizards, like you're talking about, there's that that aspect of even though you know Russ and Paul George and Melo, like they're all friends and they're all like on each other's side, but their games just just I think don't necessarily complement each other. I think Paul George and Russ kind of do. Like, they're starting to figure it out a little bit more, especially as the playoffs come. Like, they can both have good games at the same time. But Melo still, has he had a good game when the other players have had good games? I I don't know. I haven't watched the Thunder that much this year. But I think it's, it's just a chemistry thing, and it's a willingness to sacrifice and just play well. Some players, they just don't mesh right. Like, you see it all the time, different levels of basketball. I mean, personally, I can think back to, you know, when I was in college playing, you you were around that team. You know, we had three guys that were all good players, but they all needed the ball in their hands to be good. So only one player could have a good game at a time, and then you end up wasting talent. Your team's wondering why we're not better, and it just ends up in a mess. So I think the hardest thing to find in the NBA, the hardest thing – it's not talent. There's talent all over, but it's chemistry. Because yeah, chemistry, you can take you know players that aren't as good, that have good chemistry, and outperform. The Jazz are a perfect example. Those players aren't aren't better than the Thunder players individually. Like, I mean, you look at Paul George and Russell Westbrook, either one of them is better than any single player on the Jazz. And... But the Jazz play like a team. They're happy. They're enjoying themselves. They have nothing to lose. And so they're playing like it, and they're playing good together. So, uh, All right, last yeah. last hot take. Yep. Name me five coaches better than Quinn Snyder. I'll, t- I'll say three that you, that are consensus. Um, okay. Spolstra, um, Pop, okay. and Brad Stevens. Those three are out. Name me. Two. Three other coaches or two other coaches better than Quinn Snyder in the Ooh. job that he's done this year. Um, well, it's kind of hard not to say Steve Kerr just because. I mean, well, okay, I guess it's depending on how you look at it. It's either hard not to say him or it's hard to say him. It's hard for me not to say him because man won two championships, been to the finals. Uh, a lot recently <laughs> and so i gotta throw him in yeah i gotta say steve kerr so another one better than quinn snyder right now that's tough it's, i have to think about it but i don't know i think i don't know that i, I can because yeah i think he's definitely jumped into that conversation because i mean you, you kind of saw it in the past and you know he brought that jazz team last year with gordon hayward to the playoffs and they beat almost beat the Clippers. Um, And, wait, did they beat the Clippers? I don't even remember. They did beat the Clippers. Joe Johnson. Am I Joe right? Johnson. Where's he at? Yeah, they did beat the Clippers. It did beat the Clippers. Joe Johnson's on the Rockets. He doesn't play that much, does he? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I kind of missed the game, you know, recording. But I think he got some time. The Rockets actually blew out the Timberwolves. They won by 20. One hundred two eighty two, tonight. Yeah. Um, K Love actually, some news just broke out. K Love tore ligament in his thumb, but he's still expected to play game three. Oh so, gosh, K Love. There goes your, lacking, there goes your, lacking that 
Availability. <laughs> hey, the thing was availability. He's still gonna be available, so. Um, True. But yeah. Um, yeah, Quinn Snyder. I I definitely you know respect him as a coach, and I think you know he should get a lot more credit than he's getting right now, and he deserves it. And yeah, they beat the Clippers last year in the playoffs. Everyone thought the Clippers were going to win. And honestly, they put Chris Paul out of L.A., if you really look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> If you give him that um, credit, then yeah. Yeah, hey, they drove Chris Paul to Houston. Um, but the Utah, yeah, the Utah Jazz, they're a well-coached team, and you can tell by the way they play in their system. It's honestly like what Spo's doing in Miami. Like, there's not that much high-end talent. I mean, they have Donovan Mitchell now, but it's like they have a collective of just a bunch of good guys, but no one great. Yeah, And they're able to, like, play against teams with great players and compete every night. And those guys, like, those coaches, and Brad Stevens included, like, guys that can do a lot more with less definitely get a lot more respect from me than guys that have a lot and still do a lot you know what I mean like that's kind of why I don't really definitely well the thing with Kerr like I know Kerr is a great coach because he honestly changed that culture there because Mark Jackson was doing a good job but Kerr instantly changed who the Warriors were by coming there so I give him credit for that but it can't be that hard coaching that team with Kevin Durant you know what I mean like, oh yeah, and it's funny because he mentions that all the time. He's like, "I got the easiest job in the world." You think, yeah. like, how much coaching can you? You can't coach like, you can't. Even, you probably maybe give suggestions. Yeah, to, you make you know you Steph have Curry like, and adjustments Durant, like, and stuff. Yeah, and just have like you know, syst- you have a system, and the system was already in place. All they did was just add a seven foot guy that could shoot threes. So, yeah, um, that's why I don't really mention Kerr a lot. But, I mean, I know that he's, you know, a great coach. Um, and, I mean, Carlisle is usually mentioned, but he's had a couple down years. And he's had less, yes, but I feel like the Mavs could be a lot more competitive if he wants to be back up there. And then yeah. there's no one else that really jumps out to me as, like, a coach. Oh, Dwayne Casey should get a little credit because he did change how the Raptors play. Um and yeah. you know what the Raptors do and made them you know actually a force in the East which is probably still going to lose to LeBron in the second round um, and Dan Tony, yeah is it really that hard to coach that team too you just let James yeah. and Chris Paul go one on one so they're pick and roll in one on one yeah he's a yeah I agree I agree with that he's kind of a take a, a star player and exploit them to the best of their abilities to make it work yeah. for you yeah so. and there's nothing wrong with that I mean they had the best record nope. in the league but um, it's like kind of like the curse syndrome so I give him the curse syndrome um, and then I mean that's Terry Stotts is okay I mean the Blazers yeah he's done the best he can with that roster Alvin Gentry should get some credit with the Pelicans um and that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, I'm for not me the biggest coaches. I'm not the biggest Alvin Gentry fan. I feel like he's kind of underperformed with the Pelicans in the last couple of years. Like did mm. they make the playoffs this year? Yes. But I think he's 
I don't know. It's tough in this NBA when you want big men to be out on the wing. But I still think Anthony Davis should be inside more. I know they got Boogie now. He's not playing right now. But, you know, he's on the team, so it clogs it up a little bit. But you got somebody that big. It's hard for me to not just take Shaq's mentality of, like, just give him the ball and, like, dominate. Because this NBA, they will call the fouls. Like, you know, big men just don't do that anymore. Which I'm hoping DeAndre Ayton coming out of Arizona is going to change that because he's not the best jump shooter. He seems more of a power big man, which we haven't seen for a while since Dwight, who did it for a select few years. Um, so Bias Laker fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, he didn't do it on the Lakers, I'll tell you that. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited to see. We got some good coaches in the league. Uh, Quinn Snyder's definitely up there. So Yeah. Um, I guess we'll wrap up for today. It's been a great podcast. We get we got a lot in. It took a while getting all these teams out. Um, do you have any final points or anything else you want to add yeah. before we go today? Yeah, we owed our fans uh, this long pod because we've been on a long hiatus. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's a long one. I mean, we don't expect our pod to be this long, but you know, kind of had to give our predictions and what we liked um, to, you know, what's going on in the playoffs so far. And yeah, you can expect to, you know, hear, you know, from us twice a week going forward. And, you know, we're going to have some interesting topics and some interesting hot takes like we did tonight and hot questions. Um, and these hot questions, um, Justin and I, we don't really talk about those before. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of that's why we kind of just throw them out at each other on the spot just to you know get our brains moving a little bit and you know give the best opinions you know hot <laughs> so um, yeah that's yeah. just all I have to say with that and we'll also and have we definitely content yeah we we want to keep you guys updated and let you guys know what we're doing so we're going to be introducing some more bits into the podcast we're going to be like Rod said getting it going uh, full swing again with hopefully our goal is to send out two a week and space those out so you get content to listen to. Um, shout out to LaFlair, LaFlair Media. That's another another thing we got going um, that you'll be hearing a lot more about as we develop that. Um, it's, a, it's a great place to hear the hottest new sports, uh, pop culture, hip hop, anything you can imagine you know, it's you'll find it on the flare. Follow the page on Insta. Um, but other than that, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, uh, thank you. We're almost done. But um, we'll be back with another one later this week. And thank you guys. And we'll see you next time. Bonafide basketball. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>